Welcome to the community of Holy Stragglers. It's a place for people who seek to follow in the way of Jesus, at least most days, but who wander and wonder and straggle and struggle along. If you don't have it all nailed down, then you are most welcome here and you're in good company. I'm Peggy Hames. I'm a minister and a therapist and a writer, and I enjoy bringing all of those worlds together because sometimes it is the bumps and bruises in our psyches that get in the way. So in our last episode, we looked at the fact that our plates, that is the, the hours and minutes and days of our lives, are not endlessly expandable. And when your plate is full, you know, this is not the Golden Corral buffet. If your plate is full, you can't just keep piling stuff on top of it. So today we're going to look at one of the reasons why we keep trying to do that. And that is because we cannot say no. Now, I want to look at why it's hard, the consequences of not saying, not being able to say no, why it's difficult for us, and how we can begin to change. Now, I want to start out uh, with two things. First of all, if you are in a situation where it is dangerous for you to say no, if you are in a household with someone or in a relationship with someone for whom saying no means endangering yourself, then reach out for help. Uh, If you live in the United States, there's a National Domestic Violence Hotline. You can Google it. Um, There's a a website where you can browse uh, anonymously um, and safely. There's a number you can call, so please reach out. The other thing that I want to say up front is that I come to this topic, uh, I guess I suppose as I come to all topics, out of my own background, And as you might guess, I grew up in the South, southern United States. I still live in the South. Um, I grew up in in white Protestant culture. I grew up as a female in white Protestant culture. And if you did not grow up in that culture, if you don't know that culture, what that means is, is that being sweet and nice, and doing anything for just about anybody that, well, that's just real next to godliness. You know, it's one of the best things we can say about somebody. Isn't she sweet? She's so nice. She just, whatever you need done, she's going to help you to do it. Oh, go, go ask her. She always helps out. So uh, I'm recovering from that. So, first of all, why is it important that we learn to say no? I mean, even though it's like this really short word, and it's like not really hard to form unless you've been told not to do it. But there are very real consequences. Uh, first of all, when we cannot say no, we wind up sick and tired, and literally sick. Um, when we cannot get rest, when we are just going all of the time from the the moment that we get up way too early till we go to bed way too late, that has physical consequences. You know, like running a car all out without stopping, you're going to burn the engine out. And that's what happens to us. You know, a 
perfect example of this is that when I would come home from college at the end of the semester, every single year, I'd come home from college end of the semester and be sick. Now, usually I had a cold or something like that, or bronchitis. I was sick because my body was so worn down because I had been going at such a pace and staying up late studying and, and doing all the stuff. So that's what happens when we jam our schedules too full. It has a direct impact on our bodies. And what happens is we finally get to the point where we literally cannot do anything else because we are so sick. Secondly, we wind up getting sick in a different way, and that is sick in our spirit. We get resentful. After a while, when we cannot say no to anybody for anything or for, to most people for most things, what happens is we start resenting them for asking. Now, we may say, oh, yeah, I'll be glad. I'll be glad to make those, those uh, cookies for the bake sale. Now, imagining a non-COVID time where we were having bake sales. Oh, I'll be, I'll be glad to do that. And what happens is you are muttering under your breath the whole time you're making those daggone cookies. Or, yes, you'll, you'll agree to visit somebody, but the energy that it takes to make that call or make that visit and be even halfway pleasant and not just completely bite their heads off, it exhausts you. This is one of the things that poisons relationships. I know it is the undoing of many friendships that when you feel like you cannot say no to whatever your friend asks of you or else they won't be your friend anymore, there's something we'll talk about later, but what happens is that resentment becomes toxic in the relationship. So what do you do? Either you start ghosting them and you just, you know, you got your cell phone so you can see it's them calling you just don't answer, you don't return calls, you don't return text, or you have this big blow-up, and it's really hurtful for, for both of you, and the, the friendship is damaged, sometimes irrevocably. So when we cannot set a boundary, when we can't say no to someone, it ultimately damages our relationships and it damages our own emotional health. You know, brooding on resentment, oh man, that, that's a toxic stew. That's not so good for us. That is not a path to joyful living. Let me tell you, that is not the way to joyful living is to be brooding on resentments. Another thing that happens when we just feel like we have to say yes to everybody is that when there is that emergency, that thing where we really do need to respond, we have got nothing left. And I got to tell you, that is one of the worst feelings in the world. When someone you love and care about uh, really hits a, a bad emergency, you know, there's, there's been an accident um, there's been an unexpected death. Uh, there's an illness. And you want so much to be there for them. And you have absolutely zero left to give. 
And what happens is sometimes the other person doesn't understand at all, and they get hurt why you don't respond. But for your own part, you start feeling like you are the lousiest, most worthless person in the world because you're letting your friend down. You're letting your loved one down. Finally, here's a consequence that we don't think about a lot. And that is, is that when we fritter away all of our energy doing those things that really aren't ours to do, then we have nothing left. We have no time and no energy left for the things that really are ours to do. The things that we are uniquely called to do out of our gifts and our passions and our interest and our experience. I was serving um, in a leadership position in the state ministry organization, state women in ministry organization. And they came to me and asked me if I would serve as treasurer for the coming year. And I just laughed. I went, oh, that is so not my jam. That is so not the thing I am called to do. No, I can't do that. And they wound up asking someone who who did it much better than I would have. But there were other things that I was really good at. And so I could focus on doing those things. Now, let me be clear. There are times for pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones. And for leaning into those things that are hard, that we're having to learn, that we never dreamed we'd do. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you spread yourself so thin, saying yes to everything, that you got no time left. You got no energy left. You're just kind of dragging through the days. Um. So why is it hard? Why is it so hard to say this short little word that is so important for us to be able to say? Well, one of the ways, one of the reasons that can be hard for you is that sometimes we grow up never learning that it's okay for us to say that. You know, we we talk about the terrible twos and, and toddlers because they learn how to say the word no. I was uh, walking my dog one morning, one Saturday morning, and, and passed by a house, and the mom was out in the yard, and it was telling her toddler, now it, it's time to go. And he was, like, wrapping his arms around a tree and just wailing. He's like, no! And I just laughed, and I, as I walked past, I commented, I said, being a toddler is just so hard. And she laughed, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she was thinking, yeah, it's hard on the parents, too. But that's, that's really an important developmental stage where these little people start learning that they have agency, that um, they are little people, and they can start expressing themselves. Now, you know, part of parenting toddlers is helping them learn how to do that effectively, you know, and so you don't just say, what do you want to wear today? You say, do you want to wear this outfit or this one? Um, you give them choices. You help them learn how to make choices. 
but they also learn, I can say no. I have that word in me. And what happens in some families is that when the toddler says no, they are shamed for that, or they are punished for that, or, God forbid, they are beaten for that. So they learn it's not okay to say no. Uh, You may have grown up in a family in which only one person in the family was allowed to say no. Now, only mom could say no, or only dad could say no, because Katie barred the door if anybody else dared to say it. You know, it was, purity hell was unleashed. So you learned it was better and it was safer just to say yes. You may have grown up in a family with a, an alcoholic parent or a parent addicted in some other way. And kids who grow up in those kinds of families grow up with this deep sense of responsibility that they it, it's up to them to, to keep their parents sober. And so one of the ways that kids try to do that is by doing everything. And in fact, not even just saying yes, like, you know, would you set the table? Yes. They try to anticipate everything that that parent may want them to do. Everything that that may be the thing that keeps that parent happy, that keeps that parent from drinking or from using so that they can, the kid can be okay. So we can grow up with these really powerful messages about the safety or the the lack of safety, emotional or physical, around saying no. And if that's your situation, I really encourage you to work with someone, um, work with a therapist um, to unpack that um, or, or to check into the literature. There's lots of good stuff around adult children of alcoholics and how that Im- impacts kids and to begin unwinding some of those messages. Now, a second reason is because we don't feel worthy inside. And this gets flushed out in two ways. One is that if we, if we are really, really helpful, and if we say yes to everything, and if we make everybody else's lives that much easier, then... Um, we can fool them. We can fool them into thinking that we are worthy, valuable people, even though we don't really believe that it's true inside. You know, it's that imposter syndrome. It's like, okay, I've got to. I've got to keep presenting this image. And the way I keep presenting this image is by being the person everybody turns to. Because if I'm the person that everybody turns to, that everybody's going to think I'm okay, and they're not going to discover my shameful hidden secret that I know I'm really not okay. Now, the the variation on this is when we do this um, as a way to try to borrow worth. We Internally, we don't feel like we have any worth. So we have to borrow it from the people around. So I don't feel like I'm okay, but if all of these people think I'm really okay, then maybe I'll just borrow that, and I can keep propping myself up. 
Um, now, sometimes we we keep saying yes because we are afraid that our friends won't really like us if we tell them no, if we ever, ever tell them no. And I would submit to you that if that's the case, that's not really a friendship. That's a bartering relationship. You are bartering your time and your energy for the appearance of having a friend. And that's something to take a really hard look at. Now, sometimes we can't say no because it's a spiritual issue. That we believe what Jesus said, that we are called to be servants of one another, that we are called to be servants of all. And let me tell you, when a church gets a hold of somebody who cannot say no, they love that person, and they are going to really love that person, and they are going to keep asking that person. Now, for six years, I served as an associate minister on a church staff, and part of my work was overseeing our educational ministry and volunteers, and part of my work was working with the nominating committee. Every year when we were lining up teachers, sometimes a long-time teacher would come to me and say, Peggy, I, I just need a sabbatical. I need to take a year off. Um... Sometimes they had stuff going on in their lives, and sometimes they were just tired. And these were generally like some of our best teachers. But I always told them, of course, of course, take that time. Enjoy it. And without fail, what always happened is they came back the next year, and they were refreshed, and they were ready to go. You see, I didn't want to have happen in our church what so often happens in churches where people feel like they have to leave the church because they're burned out. And sadly, what happens lots of times is that they don't go to another church. They just drop out completely. Now, I used to joke about the people who feel like they have to move to another state or halfway across the country just so they don't have to teach children Sunday school anymore. And sadly, sometimes that's not so far from the truth. The other thing I did was every year when nominating committees started working is I would write a column in our church newsletter saying nominating committees starting to work, you may be getting a call, and you can tell them no. Now, as you might imagine, this did not always endear endear me to nominating committee members, but I thought it was really important. And what I kept telling the committee is we have to trust the process and that if that person says no, then more than likely there's a person who is just yearning to say yes, but nobody ever asked them. And we saw that over and over again, that because we always ask the same people, that we never got around to seeing the potential that was there in other people. And and sometimes we just didn't have anybody, which to me meant we needed to rethink how we were doing things. If there was no one who was able or no one who was willing to do this job, well, maybe we needed to rethink having that position or how we did things. We get the idea that being a servant, that following in the way of Jesus means saying yes to every need. And it is not true. We cannot do it. 
there are too many needs out there and you will burn yourself out in a heartbeat. And one of the things I'm really grateful for is that in the Gospels, we have examples of Jesus walking away from people in need. The crowds gathered with all kinds of ailments. Luke tells us they came to him with all kinds of ailments, and he turned and walked away from them to go off by himself into the mountains for some R&R. He just had to get away. So if Jesus had to do that, who are we to think that we can can meet every need and can do everything that needs to be done. You know, that's actually kind of idolatry, thinking that we ourselves can do everything that needs to be done. It is never up only to us, only up to us. Never. And when we get in that mode, we are are getting into a trap. So, yes, Jesus calls us to follow, and Jesus calls us to, to respond to need. And it may be the thing that's really calling you, it may be working with the homeless, uh, working with folks who are experiencing homelessness. Um, Maybe working with children or reaching out to senior adults or helping out a food pantry or bringing, you know, my Sunday school class, bring toilet paper, uh, which, you know, earlier this year was more of a challenge. We look for those things, that those callings that do have our name on them because we cannot do it all. And sometimes we feel tremendously guilty when we have to say no to one of them. So if saying no is so important, then how in the world do we do that? How do we break the cycle? I'm going to give you several ideas, uh, actually four steps. They are not easy steps. They are not quick and they are not easy, but they are possible. The first thing is give yourself permission. You know, do the mental work of, of starting to think a new thought. It is okay for me to say no. The world will not end if I say no. If this person stops being my friend because I said no and they are not willing to talk about it, then maybe that wasn't such a great friendship. Now, obviously, we are not talking about emergencies. You know, if the house is on fire, it's not the time to say, no, I don't want to call 911 because your house is on fire. I am tired of doing stuff for you. You know, or, you know, the the kid is screaming bloody murder because there is actually blood or a bone sticking out. You don't go, no, this is my time. I really do not, I do not want to respond to you. (laughs) Oh, so, yeah, there's a little common sense in there. And start small. You know, don't start with the thing that is hardest for you. Don't start. We all have those no's in us that are, oh, they're the absolute hardest ones to say, and they are the scariest ones to say. Start with the little ones. 
Um, would you stop by the drugstore for me? Well, no, I, I really don't have time to do that today. Uh, see if they can deliver. Start with the easier ones. And sometimes when people are just starting to set boundaries, they kind of go wild at first. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not going to feed your pets, and I'm never, ever going to do anything for you again, and I hate your mangy dog. You know, because it's so, it's so hard that we feel like we have to really gear up and, and throw all of our force behind it. So just be aware you don't. It's it's okay just to say a simple no. And actually, no is a complete sentence. You just don't have to justify it. You don't have to give a 15-minute explanation as to why you're saying no. It's okay just to say no. Get in the, the practice of giving yourself 24 hours. You know, what happens when yes becomes a default setting for us, we really, it, that's the first thing that comes out of our mouths. Uh, will you, you know, sometimes we don't even let the person get the request out. They're like, will you? Yes, I will, whatever it is. I will. Yes, I'll do that. So start practicing saying, let me think about that. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then actually get back to them tomorrow. Don't ghost them. So I gave it some thought, and I realized, no, I cannot do that. My, my friend Shannon Steck, with whom I used to staff workshops, used to talk in our workshops about the fact that if you cannot say an authentic no, then you cannot say an authentic yes. Because your yes is never the yes that you have freely chosen, your yes is the default setting because you cannot say no. So practice saying, let me think about that. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And if they need an answer right away, then that answer is going to be no. Another good question to ask yourself as you're taking that 24 hours is, if I add this into my life, what am I going to take away? One of the things I had to learn in my life is that an empty space on my calendar didn't mean that it was free to add in something else. Uh, sometimes we say yes because we feel guilty because we got that little empty space. Oh, I have a free hour. Of course I can do that. Well, no, you have a free hour because you need a free hour. You know, maybe you need to run to the store. Maybe you need to just sit down and sit on your porch or sit in a park, have a cup of coffee. Just because the space is free in your calendar doesn't mean it's, it's free for, to add something else in. Finally, Remember that your no or your yes doesn't have to be universal. If you say no to this today, it doesn't mean that you can't say yes to it next time. Like, unless somebody's asking you to marry them and they may not ask again. But with, with lots of things, it, it may not be the right time. But there will be a right time later. Um, and, and likewise, if you say yes to something, oh gosh, it's so 
easy in, in, in volunteering that if you say yes, then you are locked in for the next 40 years and you're doing the old moving to another state to get out of it. You think about re-upping, you know, uh, revisiting those commitments in light of, of how your life changes and, and how your desires change. Um, one of the things that I usually say yes to because I dearly love and I think it's a gift that I can offer is um, writing prayers and litanies uh, for my church's worship services. And I love doing that. My very first book was a collection of worship resources, prayers and litanies. And I've been writing them for, for worship literally since I was a teenager. So I love doing that. But the last couple of times that um, our Minister of Music has sent out the email for us to sign up for, for weeks to write, I've taken a pass on it. I've said no. Because right now, in the middle of the, the COVID pandemic, what with being a hospital chaplain and being a therapist and doing my work online, the, the work that I do is is pretty intense. And I need that space of that little bit of space in my week of of not producing, um, of being able to just just be and just breathe. So I sent her an email back this week and said, you know, I didn't sign up because here's where I am. I just can't right now. Please don't take me off the list. There will be a time when I say yes again. That time is just not now. So we need you. We need all of you. We need your unique gifts and your talents. And we need you healthy. We, we need you not completely exhausted and resentful and bitter. So if, if your practice has been to load your plate up too full because you cannot say no, then I hope you will take these things to heart. And if you need some help remembering them, I'll put together this real easy, simple infographic that just reminds you of these things that I've been talking about on this podcast. And you can go to heartcallings.com. It's up at the top of the page. Um, Something like how to say no and still love Jesus or how to say no and still have Jesus love me. And you can get it there. Um, Just click on it, and I will be glad to send you that infographic. Um, Again, it's helpful just to have these reminders. So thanks for joining me in this. I look forward to, to being with you next time. In the meantime, take care, be well, and uh, sometimes say no. No.